This is the Get Geekish Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I am Bino, and uh, joined over there is, uh, I'm joined over there by Derek. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> Welcome to a new podcast. Um, we just had to talk this week about something that I know I'm very excited about, and I'm pretty sure uh, you are also excited about the uh, announcement that Deadpool 3 is coming, and... It's going to keep its R rating, and it is going to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am excited. Um, I know we talked about this kind of, we hit on it. I mean, what was it, two years? I don't remember. Time relevant. Anyway. We've appropriately touched it in the past. Right. But like when uh, Deadpool 2 did that re-release for the Christmas thing where they did the PG-13, and it... I mean, it worked, but it didn't. <laughs> I feel like your reaction right there. I, I honestly have still not seen the PG-13 version. of. It. I was so excited about just seeing because, uh, truth be told, when Deadpool came out, uh, the wife and I swapped places. It came out the uh, Valentine's Day. So we swapped places. I watched the baby. She went and saw it. And then she watched the kid. And I went and saw it by, each by ourselves in the theater on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and it was you know kind of a cool thing. Deadpool 2... Deadpool 2 came around, and the little one got super excited because we were all excited about it. In fact, you gave her a little Deadpool stuffy, and she was super jazzed about seeing Deadpool. And I, I couldn't find enough ways to say, no, these movies aren't okay for a small, small child. Right. And, <laughs> and, and then and so they, talked... they, they, and they made that verse. I'm like, oh, maybe she could see this one. And from everything I heard, I'm like, yeah, probably not a good idea still. <laughs> no, yeah, it's still, for PG-13, it's still pretty raunchy and everything like that. But uh I'm glad that they're sticking with the R rating for Deadpool because especially after watching the PG 13 one, it it doesn't, I mean, it works, but it doesn't work. Mm. So I'm excited that they're doing that. It's going to be interesting though, to see how they're going to incorporate it into the MCU because I mean, it's not like the MCU is like all family friendly and there's a lot of, you know, violence and whatnot, but it's (laughs) few people die here and there yeah but it's still going to be interesting to see how they incorporate the foul mouth and everything like that into it and if he does a crossover into you know one of the future avengers or whatever movies that are pg-13 it's going to be fun to see how they work with that yeah kind of like what they do in the comics and in the cartoons you can guarantee there's got to be at least a scene with him doing something with thanos or the infinity gauntlet or something that's going to throw up there just because that was a big deal right (laughs) And did you see Ryan Reynolds' tweet about it, too? Uh, no. They made the announcement because Kevin Feige... Uh, why do I always mispronounce his name? Every time I want to say it differently. Anyway, they made the announcement that it's joined the MCU universe, and then his tweet was, Full disclosure, I showed him Spider-Man 1 and 2 and told him it was Deadpool 1 and 2. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he, uh, he kind of brings a life of his own into the whole Deadpool character, so... Marvel and Disney looking at this saying, you know what, this is good the way it is. Let's incorporate it in what we have instead of let's tear it apart and try and rehash it or smidge it in the things we have, I think is probably a good idea. Well, I kind of want to be like, I want to know somebody had to have taken notes during those meetings. So I kind of want to know exactly if there was a pushback to try to make it PG 13. And maybe that's what they did with that recut of Deadpool 2 was to see how well it would work in that market maybe maybe mm-hmm. that was the maybe that was the test and they were like see <laughs> <laughs> didn't work out so well 
But even that's 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 not even an apples to apples comparison because that was just rehashing the same movie with a slightly different take on it. So it's of course mm-hmm. not going to be as big a pull. But I find it interesting the uh, the arguments they get in because the should comic book movies be R rated argument has gone on for decades now of people saying that yes they should or no they shouldn't and the biggest argument they seem to fall back on is they try and fall back in the money making oh well if you if you make it a PG movie or a PG-13 movie you get the most audience out of it and then somebody else says well no but if you make it an R-rated movie you'll get more adults out of it and they like use the same argument against each other and no one will step back and be like look yes they're they're it's just like comics I I, I take a lot of people think of Batman, and they think back to Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, how could they make Batman dark? Why is he so evil? Why is there so much killing and murder? But if you look at some of the Batman comics, they're straight-up psychopathic horror murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of horrible depravity and violence and things like that. Not saying is good or bad either way, but... I wish what they would do with the movies is figure out a way to be just a little more clear on who the audience is for. Because even Deadpool, much as I loved it, the initial marketing for Deadpool was still aimed squarely at, like, teenage boys. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've had this discussion, too. When I went and saw it in the theater, some kids were trying to get into it, and the theater was like, you you know, we can't let you in without the parents. And the mom was sitting there, she's like, well, I, I, I allow it. And then the guy was like, okay, well, there's this in the movie. And she's like, never mind, I don't allow it. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I get it. I mean, I'm thinking back, because in the 90s we had Blade, which was an R-rated comic book movie. We had Spawn, which was an R-rated comic book movie. Was Spawn rated R? Yeah. Huh. I think initially. Um they might have did a PG. I think they did a PG thirteen cut, which I mean that movie was. That movie's not great as an. <laughs> like it still has a soft spot in my heart, but I don't See, know. I, I feel like when they can recut it, it's a problem because no matter what it is, if it is an R rated movie because it needs to be R rated, if you're able to just cut parts parts out to make it PG thirteen or PG rated, they probably didn't need to be in there in the beginning. That it's never, probably not a good sign for a good movie. Right. Like a lot well, of these stories, like let's the Punisher movies, not not to get off your tangent. If they'd tried to make the Punisher movies PG or PG-13, why even waste your time? <laughs> well, I mean, look what they did. I mean, this is kind of a tangent in itself. Like Die Hard's not a comic book movie, but you look at, what, is it Die Hard 4? The worst one? No, Die Hard 5 is the worst one. Die Hard oh, right, 4. Yeah, Die, yeah, Die Hard 4 was the one with the computer hackers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Die Hard 4. That, but, it, I mean, that one was PG-13 mm-hmm. when all the other ones were leading up to it. And they tried it. And to me, it just fell flat. Like, I get it. You don't need the cussing in the movies necessarily or anything like that. But when you've built off of that, it's the thing. And, like, you're sitting there saying, like, when you can cut it out and, you know, edit it then maybe it didn't need to be in there. I mean, I'm thinking back to all the movies that I used to watch on UPN and, you know, network television that they got the rights to and they would re-air with commercials and they would edit it out for, you know, profanities and for violence and for sex. So I remember re-watching those and you're watching, you're like, eh, I mean, I still get the gist of the movie. It doesn't really need to be in there. I get it, but... I also remember being shocked when I actually saw the real version of a couple movies because the first time I saw them was on network television. I was like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. 
So, I, I don't know. And, like, and, and some characters are written that way. If you tried to make Deadpool not say any dirty words, it wouldn't be Deadpool. It's, it's part of the character trait for it. But, I mean, for some reason, it works in the animated form because he's been on, like, the Spider-Man cartoon and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But for the movies, I don't know. Like, because it could go, uh, see, we're playing devil's advocate now. Like, mm-hmm. we keep going back and forth. Because, <laughs> for I don't know, for whatever reason, in the cartoons, it works. For the movies, it didn't. But, I mean, maybe that's because, you know, with Ryan Reynolds and the delivery, you're just expecting it. Yeah, and the the live action movie, it's a, a lot darker, a lot grittier. There's, I mean, lots of gore and body parts getting ripped apart and stuff like that. And it's tough to juxtapose different pieces of his body getting picked back and dragged into a chain with, oh, look at me, I'm a family, family Deadpool. Right. Well, I mean, they, they, they were even to do that, the Deadpool um, animation, the cartoon, you know, Donald Glover was going to be part of it, and they axed that, so, and that was going to be more towards the mature audiences. And obviously we've had mature cartoons, um, you know, I think to some of the Batman movies that they put out that are, they're PG-13, but I mean, they're pushing it with the animations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at the Snyder cut of what the justice league that's going to be R rated. And there was the Batman versus Superman that was R rated or unrated or whatever. And suicide squad, like they initially released them in PG 13 and then they're like, no, 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 we promised a grittier. Here's the R version or whatever. So it's like, they don't know exactly like you said, who to market it to. Mm hmm. And you look at upcoming films, like they're redoing Spawn, um, which if you read the comic, it's dark and gritty and violent. They're redoing Blade, which is dark, gritty, and violent. So, And then there's a debate going on right now about Blade saying, does it need to be R-rated? Maybe it should be PG-13, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I guess what you're saying, like with Batman, look at the source material. Mm-hmm. Look at your source material, what you're using, and justify it that way maybe yeah because I, I can see exactly what's going on i was looking at some stuff on here and comic book resources actually did a study on superhero movies and they looked at the uh, average gross of the films by the uh, the age groups and whatnot and by ratings so everything that is rated r was about here on the graph everything that was rated pg was about here on the graph and everything that was about pg-13 was rated here Mm-hmm. So studio execs just see that, all right, PG-13, we need to get PG-13 because we make lots of money. But how many lackluster and craptacular PG-13 superhero movies have we gotten? Quite a bit. And they, I would think, especially now with movie theaters being in the state that they are, I, I would hope that some more studios are dumping some thought into, maybe we should make something that's really, really good for a niche audience than opposed to try and just rake in $200 million at the box office of the crappy movie that everyone wants to see. <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the thing, too, is I look back and I'm thinking, you know, Iron Man was a great movie. You know, all the all the build-up to the Avengers was a great movie. If the Avengers was an R-rated movie, would it have done so well? I think, yeah, it would have, because you had everybody hyped. Look at the hype for Deadpool. The very first one, you know, there was that, you know, leaked footage years before. And then 
they finally released it and there was that whole debate of just the internet ripping apart saying this is better be this better be R, this better be R. And then you had those some people were like, no, it's gotta be PG thirteen. I think that if Deadpool had been PG thirteen, it might not have been as successful as it was. Mm-hmm. Not at all. You look at Logan, all the X Men movies before Logan, PG thirteen. Were they all great? No. Not not really, but you look at Logan and it did something where it brought that grittiness and everything to, to life. And I think that's the directors and the studios looking at the source material going, okay, this is going to be a little bit darker, a little bit edgier. We need to honor the source material and kind of adapt to it and make it our rating. And yeah, it, it was still a successful movie. Well, that's good. Like you said, you go back to the source material. If you look back at the X-Men comics in the 70s, 80s, and 90s versus the Wolverine comics in the 70s, 80s, 90s, X-Men tackled some big issues, but they were still you know, mostly kid-friendly for things they did. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Wolverine comics took it to that almost Punisher-esque level of he was a violent animal and him and his enemies fought to the death. They didn't just throw each other in prison and then break out and fight each other again like they were out for blood and the storyline arcs in the older Wolverine comics were noticeably darker than the X-Men storylines mm-hmm. so it seems to make perfect sense of here's this character that's part of this other group but you get into his little backstory stuff and you, stuff hits the fan <laughs> I, I don't know I like and I know we've talked about this. We've had conversations with other people about this, too. And, I mean, you even, like you mentioned it with the Batmans, you look at Adam West. Okay, campy. Then it gets a little bit darker with the Michael Keaton one. And then when that, that camp- one, When Keaton's Batman came out, that seemed like a super dark Batman. Right. That seemed like, oh, man, you guys, like, depressed when you write this? <laughs> and then it gets campy again with Val Kilmer and then uh, with George Clooney, which that one killed off the series for a little bit and then they come back with the dark the dark knight trilogy and it was pretty gritty pretty intense i mean uh, one could say i mean the dark knight could have been you know batman begins was you know okay dark knight was dark like that one maybe could have been r and they could have got away with it i don't know but i mean mm-hmm. There's a fine line, I guess. I mean, The Dark Knight raked in a lot of money, right? Like, mm-hmm. it broke tons of records. So maybe that's why the, the Hollywood's like, oh, see what that did at PG-13. Then you look at what Deadpool did for the box office. You're like, well, I mean, and Logan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one story on here. I was looking uh, from IMDb. They did a uh, a study. They took Iron Man 3. <laughs> Iron Man 3, not the greatest MCU movie or superhero movie of all time. Right. But that was right in the height of Marvel movies were starting to, you know, make their mark and become a household name with everything. And when you think of Marvel movies, Iron Man is one that is very seemingly obviously marketed towards kids, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people still in their mind think superhero movies think, okay, those are kids' movies. Superhero movies are kids' movies. But they did the demographic study on Iron Man 3 and the most popular audience were 18 to 29-year-old white males. Not too unsurprising. But the second highest category were males aged 30 to 44. So us middle-aged dudes <laughs> were way more into Iron Man than kids were, even though everybody thinks it was a kid's movie. And that's just one example of it on there. So there's this weird 
stigma, I think, with a lot of movies that they want. They, if it's a superhero, we get we got to make sure include kids because we're going to sell toys and all these other things. And I think they're tr- they should be finding ways to market some of these movies in ways other than just the toy aisle. Because I think well, I think that's <laughs> the problem right there is you know yes there's I mean so <laughs> you have the cheapy toys marketed towards kids and then you have the like the collectibles that are what 20 to 30 dollars that you and i are like do we pull out our pocketbooks for this you know because well, I, I, I was gonna say that much i've been looking at the ones that come out there for some of the new ones that i see and they're 80 90 120 dollars for little six inch vinyl statues i'm like whoa <laughs> i'm gonna go buy the kids toys <laughs> right but i mean i think you nailed it i think they need to take a step back and Stop looking at the marketing aspect of it. I mean, make a good movie and find a way to market it. Don't find something you can market and then try and fit a movie into that mold. I mean, it worked for '80s cartoons, right? So why not? <laughs> well, there's another take. A uh, uh, article I read on Vocal Media was talking about the fact that the demographic that you and me fall into right now. We grew up in the, the the Comics Code, the CCA, the Comics Code Authority, whatever it was called, back when comics first started. They were super, super strict. Even back into the 60s and 70s, they weren't letting comic book publishers publish storylines about a bad guy that takes drugs because we don't want to talk about that in kids' comic books. Right. And they gradually got more lenient and more lenient, and by the early 90s, the Comics Code Authority was like, yeah, whatever, it's got pictures, sure, it's approved by the Comic Code. So... Almost everybody that grew up reading comics in the 90s, everything went ballistic as far as super dark storylines, murders and violence and hyper-sexualized characters. And it just became this, oh, we can get away with something too. Let's see how much we can get away with in across the board in comics. Yeah, so now that, that, that generation is here waiting for all these comic book movies to come out. So a super edgy, dark, gritty movie that somebody's expecting you know, from My Little Pony, we're like, that's no big deal. What's the point? You read Punisher War Journal? Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> and so it's it's this weird spot of people that were super desensitized to over-violence, over-sexualized, overarching stories, and people that are trying to just get into it. And you can't please both those sides with the same, same thing. That's where it goes no. back. My point of what I wish they could do is just figure out a way where they could be... I, I don't know how to do it because what I'm hoping for is something that doesn't actually exist. But when you have a new Batman movie, let's be honest, there's been how, what, a dozen Batman movies and there's probably going to be a dozen more. And if there was just a way you knew, like, okay, I'm getting dark, gritty Batman or I'm getting campy, fun Batman or like they do with Deadpool in the cartoons, I'm getting foul mouth, can't show my kids Deadpool or I'm getting cute, shows up on a sticker on my kid's backpack Deadpool. (laughs) Like, just kind of knowing that going in and... Some people get so upset because they get hurt with their characters, but I can't buy those people's arguments because almost every comic book writer has gone down the journey of multiverses and alternate universes, so there's multiple versions of almost every superhero. So anybody, that's not the way Deadpool is supposed to be. Well, I'm sure in one of the comic arcs, that's exactly how Deadpool is, so let's let's back off our high horse for a minute. And say that there's different takes on characters and even different writers take characters different directions and different artists take characters different directions. You go back through arcs of comic book storylines and you read issues 79 through 100 versus issues 250 through 275 and you don't even recognize the character that's in there because they went a different way with it. It's fiction. 
Well, didn't I mean like Alan Moore? He kind of brought the age of the gritty Batman, didn't he? Uh, I, I, I think so. Then I'm so bad with the names for writers, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like you you look at that where you you have people. I mean, well, what was it? It was something. I had a discussion with my dad about. Oh man, I don't remember which comic book hero it was, but he was like, when we when he watched the movies, he's like. He can't do that because, you know, he grew up with a different version of that or, you know, a different image of what the comic book could, character could do. I think you're you're exactly right. I mean, the 90s was a weird time when action movies were over the top and, you know, how much language can we put in this? How much violence can we put in this? And it, you know, trickled over into comic books and everything like that. So then you have that, and that's why we got Blade. That's why we got Spawn. And then, you know, the comic book movies kind of went, eh. And then they started coming back with, you know, Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Tobey Maguire was okay. Um, don't talk about 3. And then, you know, the Hulk movie kind of, and they tried it again. And then they tried started again. to... <laughs> yeah, then they started to find their rhythm and get into things. And then, you know, Dark Knight comes around. It's like, look at gritty comic book movies. They, people want them. And then Avengers comes out and they're like, see, people want these team up ones too. I mean, I guess no matter what you put out, there's going to be a demographic for it. It all depends on how Expe- expectations and then promises yeah. and delivery. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, like not that. every movie you're going to make is going to be the hallmark of the cinematic universe. Right. Just make it. I, I look at, Ant-Man and even the, the original Thor and Ra- Guardians of the Galaxy. All of those, I went with such low expectations because in my mind, when they first came out, like of all the characters they could pick in the Marvel Universe, this is what they're going to put something on? What What is this going to be? And you see, you're like, that was a really cute, well well thought out, fun movie. That was really good. And and it's like, oh, because it doesn't. it's not comparing it. It's not Ant-Man's not trying to be Captain America. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy were not trying to be the Avengers. It was just a new thing they're doing the thing uh there's actually a really good quote from james gunn director of guardians of the galaxy from february 2016 when somebody was asking about deadpool and i'll, I'll read a little bit of this here because it's a quote i uh, said deadpool was its own thing that's what people are reacting to it's original it's bleeping good it was made with love by the filmmakers and it wasn't afraid to take risks for the theatrical experience to survive, spectacle films need to expand their definition of what they can be. They have to have, be unique and true voices of the filmmakers behind them. They can't just be copying what came before them. So in the next few months and years, if you pay attention to the trades, you're going to see Hollywood misunderstanding the lesson they should be learning with Deadpool. And they're going to be greenlighting films like Deadpool, but they just won't be good and original. But they'll be a raunchy superhero film or a film that breaks the fourth wall and they'll treat you like you're stupid, which is one thing Deadpool didn't do. But hopefully in the midst of all this, a few studios will take the right lesson for this like Fox did with Guardians by greenlighting Deadpool and say, boy, maybe we can give them something they didn't already have. Like, That's a good point. Yeah, hearing that from James Gunn, like, this is why I like a lot of your movies, because this is the mentality you went in with it. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's a fair point, too, because, I mean, you go in and you try, you don't try to be like the other superhero movies. I mean, you know, when Ant-Man first came out and you, you and I heard that Paul Rudd was going to be Ant-Man, and we're like, <laughs> What? Paul Rudd's a superhero? What? Right? And then it did its own thing. Like that, it didn't try to be Captain America, like you said, or Iron Man. It was, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, the first two movies were 
had their moments of funniness, but they were more on the serious side. Ant-Man just kind of had fun with it. Mm -hmm. And And I think that's... It didn't have the downtrodden backstory of some kid straggling from the depths to get over his murdered parents. It was a guy that wasn't necessarily that great of a husband trying to be good. (laughs) Right. That was it. (laughs) And 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 I think that's why Deadpool succeeded because, you know, it didn't play down to audiences who didn't know who Deadpool was, right? You know, mm-hmm. it it wasn't trying to be this... I mean, it you know, it was an origin story in a sense, but it wasn't like a in-your-face, like, origin story. Like, we've had with so many Batmans and Spider-Mans, like, we know. It just gave it to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went in knowing that it was going to be raunchy, R-rated. That's what the R-rating means is... That's kind of right there is like what you're going to expect. And I think it did a great thing with it. And I think, you know, Blade, looking at the source material, should be R and make it work. Now, if they incorporate Deadpool or Blade, you know, into the MCU, then that's where you kind of tweak it to your audience, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can kind of like, oh, Deadpool is going to team up with Captain Marvel, and which that'd be funny, but... Yeah, like in the in one of the movies, but uh, Deadpool. I mean, that's the great thing about Deadpool is he's self aware that he's a comic book hero. So like that he's a superhero. So he knows that he can. That's the whole thing is like when he can start swearing in another movie and he's bleeped. He's like, what? You know, mm. that kind of thing. So I mean, it, it depends how they go with it and they incorporate it. But I think the standalone movies should probably are. I mean, I don't think. What I I don't know, man. I was gonna say I don't think a twelve year old should go see Blade, but at the same time, when I was twelve, I you know I saw some some heavy action movies that maybe I shouldn't have seen at my age. So I guess I I don't and know. That's man. up to I parents. Guess. I guess some some kids can handle it, and some kid can't. Some parents are good about talking their kids through it. Other ones aren't. So it's not like there's a there's not a magic age when suddenly a whole bunch of bloody profane violence is oh yeah no big deal anymore. That's it, there's a lot of factors that go in there. So I mean. We wish there was a cookie cutter answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we even know adults who like they they're like, nah, there's a lot of violence and it's not my thing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm, I, I, I'm honestly one of those. Like, I I love me a gory beat 'em up crazy movie, but when it starts getting into gory horror movies, you're watching people get disemboweled and parts of their insides <laughs> coming on their outsides. I just get kind of nauseated. I'm like, why am I watching this? <laughs> This is all I'm going to see next time I have Italian food. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I want to see your reaction on some of the R-rated movies of the past that have already been done. Just your quick either facial reaction or initial thoughts of if it was not rated R. Kingsman Secret Service. That's R. I know, but what would it, be, what would it look like if it wasn't R? Ooh. Uh, that, it probably still would have worked PG-13. Could have been possible. Punisher. See that one? That one not so much. I don't yep. like, especially the source material of the mm-hmm. Punisher. Yep, blood yeah. and revenge is the Punisher. Uh, <laughs> kick ass. See, I don't. I'm not familiar with the source material. I know the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably could have worked PG-13. I feel like it would have been a lot more campy, though. Yeah, it would have been way more campy. Mm-hmm. Thirty days a night. Is that the stupid vampire movie? Yep, up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that one myself. I mean, that, was, that wasn't a great movie to begin with, but... <laughs> uh, Blade, we already talked about. Watchmen. 
Uh, no, I mean, if since they were sticking true to the source material, you, you can't have that PG-13 because of Dr. Manhattan. But Exactly. Well, even a lot of stuff in there, stuff that it deals with. I mean, that, that movie is a dark, dark, like, it's way too close to home movie in a lot of ways. It's a, it's a very heavy movie, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it didn't do well in the box office, because people wanted that campy superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, 300. It probably could have been. It, it would have probably worked PG-13. Um, but when you think of, like, you know, that type of movie, you want to see gladiators and soldiers going at it, you know. But it probably that probably would have worked PG-13. Mm-hmm. Dread. I mean, it was PG thirteen, the original one. <laughs> the original one, but I think of the. Oh wait, no, was it? Yeah. Yeah. No. The 2012 version of it was R. I'm glad that they did an R one. I th- was Dread. Judge Dread. I'm trying to think. That was PG thirteen, but so yeah, because I, I never read the Judge Dread comics. But seeing the movie and the t- the original movie and the first that came out in my mind, Dread got put next to like Demolition Man as far as what its source material was, since I never read the comics. Oh, it's from what are. I gather, from what I gather, the comics were a lot more intense and grittier and things like that. Whereas when they first made it come out, it turned out being kind of like a hokey comedy almost. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but, e- even though like I just googled it because I couldn't remember the Sylvester Stallone one was R as well. Mm-hmm. So. And we mentioned Deadpool, of course, and Sin City. Nah, that one wouldn't have worked PG-13. Wouldn't have worked at all. Another one that I wasn't a huge fan of the Sin City movies, but I wasn't a huge fan of the comics either, but they were gorgeous movies. The cinematography mm-hmm. and the way they made the live action look like a graphic novel was mm-hmm. astounding. And just that alone, you take away any of the content, there was enough of that that probably could have made it R-rated with blood splatters and things like that that... Yeah, it's bright yellow, but according to movie ratings, enough that could have been a no-no on there. But yeah, well, I mean, just and you look at the, I guess you know, some of it too is the source material or not the source material, but like how it's presented. You know, you probably could have toned it down, but I mean, the grittiness and the topics and everything like that, it calls for that rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot about that movie. The second one. Hmm. But, <laughs> and I feel like people have to be careful what they wish for too, because everyone gets hung up on the actual ratings in the movies. And back to what we said at the very top of the podcast, sticking to source material and just making sure the story is there that's good. Because mm-hmm. let's let's say for example in the Venom sequel with Carnage, say they take it down a dark route and it's just like horribly, horribly bloody, violent, over the top. Everything is just you know violence, violence, violence. Blah, blah, blah. Might make for a good Venom movie because Venom and Carnage can be very dark, scary characters. But then what happens on the flip side when you try and want to put that universe and combine it with Tom Holland as Spider-Man? Well, I mean, <laughs> you look at, you, I mean, I totally forgot about Venom because that's a perfect example is that one was supposed to be R. And then they tweaked it to make it PG-13 to appear to appeal to a mass audience. And it worked Mostly. But it, to, I was going to say, to me, it's still, it was missing the Venom heart because, you know, it's, it's rough. And I mean, that's the same, same thing is if they incorporate it in with Tom Holland and Spider-Man, they can make it work just like Deadpool meets Spider-Man in the comics. They make it work. 
Well, yeah, you know? that, that's that's kind of where I was going with this whole thought press of it. Because if they make Venom two and they just make it a blood and gore fest, trying to make it as over the top as possible, it's not going to fit with the Tom Holland movie. But if they make a Venom two and it happens to be R rated because everything that happens in the story gets to be too dark, but it's still just really character driven things that go on, mm-hmm. you can pull that character into the other universe. It's going to fit okay because it wasn't just made to be over the top. If it's bloody and gory because the story dictates that it's have to be, has to be, I feel like you can come back from it. But when you just make it over the top to be over the top, you can't come back from that ledge. Right. <laughs> right. And that's a good, that's a good point. Cause I mean, that was my whole thing. That I forgot about Venom. That it, that made me mad when it was PG thirteen because I was like, "Come on!" But it it was still entertaining. But like, it still was missing the heart. But it was still entertaining, and it would still work. Now, incorporating Carnage into it, I know I'm not alone in this, but I think it does need to be R because Carnage is a very intense character. And but like by you said, definition, it, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> And like you said, if they don't do it just to do it to be over the top and they actually it drives the story, drives the narrative, then it, they can come back from it and they mm-hmm. can incorporate it into the other world. So you have a good point there. Because they could, they could make a super dark, scary Venom versus Carnage fight and you know, maybe Venom comes out on the other side and has been through some stuff and then when he comes back and shows up in another Spider-Man movie, suddenly then there's this whole other facet of things that you are waiting for or wondering, was he going to go bad or is he going to go good? Is it going to come back to these things again? And it could, it could file its way back in there for it as long as it's true to the characters they're creating and they, they, they go follow that route. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what I hope they kind of do with Blade, is they do it. Nothing wrong with the originals, but I think that they can do a better job with the, this revamp, <laughs> um, with making it, like you said, more story-driven and narrative, and having the quote-unquote violence move it along rather than just being violence. Mm-hmm. So, because I mean, what was it, Blade One or Two? where they had the blood rave or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> you guys didn't need to have that, but okay, it's, it's fine. Yeah. And I wonder, like we said earlier too, with the theaters changing, if that's going to change the demographics because so much was based on seeing things at the theaters. Mm-hmm. And if people move to a watching things at home, there's not going to be near the mystique of R-rated movies because plenty of kids and teenagers will have parents that let them watch or find access to watch those on streaming services. There's not going to be a ticket taker at the door. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't have your mom with you. You can't come in. Like... So I wonder if that's going to shift how the ratings actually affect movies because I, I would love to see the comparison if they could look up the demographics of in-theater moviegoers versus digital at-home moviegoers and if the ratings affect who's actually watching them or not. Well, I mean, even look at 90s and early eight or late 80s movies that started getting the ratings. Like, you look at top gun which is pg-13 but you watch it now you're like whoa or no it's pg and you're like whoa this man this, this isn't a pg movie yeah, there's some dirty oh, movie oh, they, and there's some boobs okay okay i don't remember yeah. those either <laughs> well and, and some of the comedies too um god i can't remember them but uh you know you watch them i remember watching some 80s comedies i'm like this is pg what <laughs> <laughs> they could say that in a pg movie how come how come george of the jungle i just watched the other day which is pg didn't say any of this <laughs> Oh, how the times have changed. 
<laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is it's adapting and evolving. So I yeah, and that, that, and that's where I think that the, right back to James Gunn. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna wrap up my thing in a nutshell, of should superhero movies be rated R or not? I don't think the rating should be the important part. I think people should look at the source material and the people creating the movie and what that vision is and just make that really good and then find out what it happens to be rated. And don't bow to some movie exec that thinks he's going to make another $10 million if you take one rating point away so it's PG-13 instead of R or vice versa. Like, Just make it a good story. That's all we want. <laughs> I'll end it with this is remember how Suicide Squad was going to be, they saw how successful Deadpool was, so they started trying to tweak their narrative that way to be over the top, and then they cut it back to PG-13 and look at how well that movie was received. Not great. So you, James Gunn's 100% right is what you just said, make sure that it works. Don't try to copy other superhero movies. Don't try to see go, okay, Deadpool was successful. Let's throw in a whole bunch of F-bombs and blah, 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 because you're going to end up with a train wreck like Suicide Squad or you mm-hmm. know Batman versus Superman where they are like, no, we promise. We got the R rating right here type of thing just because Batman drops the F-bomb. You're like, come on. <laughs> really? Okay. So you've heard our thoughts. Now we want to hear some of yours. So uh, go ahead and jump on one of the social media pages. Find us at Get Geekish and throw out some of your thoughts. Uh, superhero movies that are rated R or not rated R. What do you think? Should there be more of them? Should there be less of them? Do ratings even matter? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions haunting us right now. You know, it's fun to think about something that's not necessarily consequential and yeah. have arguments about that instead. Should we do that? <laughs> right, well, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Derek, thanks once again. You know, we're 1,200 miles apart or however it is, but fun to see you every week. 1,200. Yeah. I don't know how far. It's 12 hours. How many miles is that? 500, 200? It's Texas. It's far away. Ah, <laughs> uh, Anyway. On that note, we will talk at you next week. And stop recording.